Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your Keeper of Arcane Lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fantastical fiction of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Brian, as Jack Whiteside in Dan Williams' body. What the hell? I used to be well endowed. Gabe, as Roy Arroyo in Declan McDonough's body. I don't know how to do a Scottish accent. And Matt, as Rocky Arroyo in Jack Whiteside's body. Curiouser and curiouser. With special guest Zach as the prisoner. Sadly, I don't have a second body to jump into yet. Yet. We'll fix that, don't worry. Just wait it out, you'll be fine. Alright, well, welcome players. How is everyone today? I know it's early. We're recording on a Sunday morning, and I know Matt is particularly pained. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a moment to read some letters from beyond. On Facebook, Piero LaRouche says, Just discovered you guys awesome stuff. Finishing the My Life arc, I must say, it is really my favorite to date. They were all great, though. On Twitter, Alignment Unknown Podcast at AU underscore podcast says, A lot of love for you guys. Just finished Lights, Camera, Chaos. That's chapter one. And very much looking forward to downloading the rest. Nice. Well, it only goes uphill, quality-wise, microphone-wise. So, enjoy. Uphill and six feet of snow, barefoot both ways. Until I start recording in the middle of the woods at night, and then it goes downhill real hard. Super hard. Gross. And finally, on Twitter, Upside Down Sam Porter says, and his uh, handle is at MachoNacho88, I've been listening to Lovecraft tapes on Himalaya app, and I'm finally all caught up. I was pretty surprised in episode 47 when they mentioned my place of employment, but not as surprised as I was when I started listening and found out that one of the characters who ended up going missing happened to have the same name as my uncle. Thank you guys for helping me to ironically maintain my sanity at work. Roy is my favorite character, but I think it could be very interesting to see one of the other players pick up that comically obstinate play style. Mm, let's all do it. All of us. We'll never get anywhere. We'll just sit around <laughs> arguing for 45 we'll minutes. We'll just shoot each other's guns out of each other's hands. <laughs> it's a Truxican standoff. It's like, it's like a bad John Woo film. <laughs> Not enough doves for that, Jeremy. We need more tubs. You can tell this guy's smart because he doesn't like Matt. Isn't Roy just the only main character? The rest of you guys are just there as sidekicks. Longest surviving character, right? We're just figments of Roy's imagination. We're a fever dream for the last. He's already in a sanitarium. <laughs> yeah, there, there are no old ones. There are no other characters. Don't give the Keeper any ideas. <laughs> no NPCs. Only Roy. Welcome to the Only Roy podcast. The Roycast. Now, listeners, did you know that we have the greatest Patreon supporters in the world? I did. Picture, if you will, longtime friend of the podcast, Chris Parker, who recently stepped up and provided us with a new theme song, which you'll hear on this latest chapter. I love it. It has a carpenter meets goblin kind of vibe. So if you dig this new music, please reach out to Chris Parker on our Discord server and let him know you appreciate his talents. Meantime... If you'd like to be more like Chris and support our podcast, head over to patreon.com slash Lovecraft Tapes, where you can join at different tiers to get rewards like access to special episodes and one-shots. Shot, 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 And did you guys enjoy the uh, new theme song? I thought it was amazing. It's going to be great to, to get that out to everyone else so they can, they can enjoy it just as much as we have. I'm going to set it as my ringtone. 
And I've definitely listened to it and pay attention to my notifications. Social media, Gabe. Coming fall to NBC. Now the fun part. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Got the munchies? Putting on too much weight during swimsuit season? Don't worry. HW Foods and Drugs and Stuff saves the day yet again. Through the combined alchemical transpositioning of physical matter and ectoplasmic residue, we've created yet another wondrous addition to your grocery store snack aisle. Ghost chips. Sure, we could bore you with all the scientific mumbo-jumbo, but this is a commercial, so we'd rather not delve into so-called facts or nutrition. Instead, we'll just tell you ghost chips have zero calories, and you can eat as many as you like in one sitting for hours on end without adding a single ounce to your trim figure. And with so many flavors to choose from, you'll never get bored. Scarf down such dark delicacies as pumpkin chipotle rabbit curds, cucumber chocolate ermine puffballs, or beef wellington macaroni macaroons. Yum yum and double yum! You can find ghost chips at all major retailers and look for our promotional pop-up stand appearing this Halloween at the seaside port of Horta. Warning. Consumption of any HW foods and drugs and stuff may lead to addictive snacking, followed by blindness, loss of hearing, paralysis, suffocation, and sudden death syndrome. Deceased spirits may in turn become a ghost chip. When this occurs, please consume the entity with caution, then vomit into the nearest HW-branded recycling container for future ABC flavoring and packaging. And we're back. My favorite thing about that product is that it's sexy. Well, we all know that sexy products sell. My second favorite is that it's sexy. I don't know about you, but I already ordered like six or seven cases of that from Amazon. It is on its way via drone right now, and I'll know it's here when there's a sudden giant hole in my roof from the drone. That's how you know it's working. Yeah. Yeah. How else am I supposed to know if drone delivery is working if they don't drop it straight into my house? Well, guys, even though I live in the boonies, I've been trying like hell to order this product and or service. I mean, I've been on the phone, searching the internet, even trying Semaphore. So far, I haven't been able to reach anybody. It's like I'm a thousand miles from nowhere, man. And it's going to get a hell of a lot worse before it gets any better. Wait, somebody's at the door. Oh, it's just Gary. And he brought me one of those things. I'm good now. Carry on with the show. And are you trying to say you live in Canada? <laughs> More like the Antarctic. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. Now, dear investigators, we continue Chapter 9, Leapfrog. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Jack is stunned to find he is trapped in Dan's body on yet another island, with Dagon cultists running around preparing for a ritual that he's supposed to conduct in three days' time. Even more shocking, it seems his old boss, Assistant Director Sharon Skinner, who went missing from the FBI a while ago, has joined the cult for reasons yet unknown. Jack barely manages to conceal his true identity when Skinner's suspicions are aroused and wonders how much longer will he be able to pretend he is Dan. Meanwhile, Roy awakens to find he is handcuffed to a pylon in some dark, greasy engine room. His feeble attempt at lockpicking fails, so he resorts to yodeling for help. Rocky awakens in a ship cabin, whereupon he discovers he is trapped in Jack's body, which causes him to very crudely perform a scene from John Woo's Face Off. Exploring the haunted hallway outside the hatch, he hears his brothers calling for help. 
The brothers reunite, none too happy to see each other, though both are aware something feels off about themselves and one another. Rocky drags his sibling back up to the cabin, where Roy discovers he is inhabiting Declan's body. Jack, you exit Skinner's tent, breathing a sigh of relief. That was a close call. You reflexively smack your forehead and grit your teeth. Why the fuck would you call her assistant director? Dan would have never called her that. Only her underlings at the bureau would have used that title. So much for your undercover training. Slowly, you regain your composure. Heartbeat slows. Breath returns to normal. You feel the flush leave your cheeks. Hopefully, she'll chalk up your strange behavior to after-ritual sickness. If not, you shudder to think what might happen to you if anyone finds out you're not Dan. There are probably a hundred cultists milling around, some of them armed. Nope, better to keep up the ruse and resort to stealth. Hopefully at some point, you'll get used to controlling the muscles in this new body. Right now, you feel like a newborn fawn stumbling into a hunter's camp. You take a deep breath. Now, which of these tents belongs to some guy named Cygnus? Have any of you seen my mom? She's a big deer that's supposed to be with her. I'm Bambi. I'll say. I have changed the map. Nah, we got a map. So you can see the location of this valley that you're in. Okay. This valley is clearly a dormant volcano. You gathered that even now as you're standing outside Skinner's tent. This looks very familiar. It's quite a lot like Tristan Acuna, but now you have two lakes to either side of this encampment. And all around you, the valley rises up to the peak and then presumably eventually back down to the shoreline and uh, surrounding places. So uh, you see a series of numbers one through six. Numero uno is your tent. Okay. Two is the basic sort of plane or just the encamp field. Three is Skinner's tent. That's where you're standing outside. And four is the one that you saw the scimitar man going into. That's the one with the yellow flag flying outside that has Dagon's symbol. Got it. Five is where a lot of people are eating and going in and out of. So you assume that's probably either the barracks or the... Mess hall. Mess hall. Mm -hmm. And six is the black tent that you had spied. Okay. All by with two armed guards standing outside. Got it. There are other smaller little structures here and there that as you stand outside and sort of, you know, eyeball, they are clearly like storage tents and that sort of thing, but they're probably nothing of significance. All right. I'm going to uh, the tent with the flag flying over it, and I'm about to be locked up into the other tent that's black. All right, so you stride up towards the tent. The uh, canvas flag is flapping eerily above your head, almost as if the Eye of Dagon is watching you. Well, it is, always. And you see a few of the burly crew who are moving things to and fro in the main section there are sort of eyeballing you as you move towards this tent. It seems like everybody is watching you. Well, yeah, I failed. That, or you just look fabulous. Don't undersell yourself. (laughs) I mean, Dan was pretty hot, so... Yeah, that's true. I'd be like, anybody see my motorcycle? I have blonde hair now. Like, I know what I'm doing. Fake it till you make it. Walking up to the tent, and I'm here to see Cygnus. Oh, uh, there's nobody standing outside. No, I just say that to the tent. <laughs> the flag does not answer. I know you're watching me. Flap, 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 flap. What? Okay. Can I get those after I meet? All right. So, after uh, I meet with Cygnus, I'm going to have to get some bagels for the flag. <sighs> Tell you. Needy. All right, so I'm just going to uh, knock on the flap. (laughs) 
And I'm going to peel one flap back and um, and head in. So every square inch of canvas inside this tent has been scrawled upon with black charcoal. Loops and whorls converging and coalescing into writhing shapes of mist and shadow. There you see an eyeball staring back at you. Here is a monstrous tentacle squeezing the life out of a misshapen city. The sketches undulate with a life of their own, transforming even as you look at it. You act as though... This is the first time you've seen my artwork done. Your senses snap back to attention. The scimitar-wielding man you saw earlier is standing near a cabinet, staring back at you, a warm smile on his face, all teeth. Yet, his eyes are cold, unblinking. It has that effect on me too, sometimes. Father Dagon's magics, no doubt. Please sit. He indicates a stool nearby. As you move to do his bidding, you notice that the tent seems to stretch, almost like it is bigger inside than it is outside. Time Lord technology. I'm making tea. How do you take yours again? I forget. God damn it. You have any coffee? Coffee? No, no. The tea will do you some good, my friend. Damn it. Was that uh, one lump or two? None. No lumps. No lumps? Huh. You, you must not be feeling well enough then. I'm still, I'm still reeling from, from what happened before. Oh, I see. Okay. I need to stay clear. Well, give me a moment to prepare the tea. And he turns his back to you. And he's uh, tinkering with the teapot and uh, a hot plate. I'm going to do a quick uh, glance around the room to just surveil and see what's in the space, other than the drawings on the sides of the tents. There is the cabinet that he was standing near, which appears to be some sort of library. It's packed with books and scrolls and that sort of thing. Okay, so it's a big cabinet. It's not like a filing cabinet? Correct. Yes, it's more like a bookcase, but it has doors and it has like a little fold-out table. Uh, whereupon you could do some studying and so forth. And then beyond, further into the tent, you see a sort of partition Okay. that separates the space. You assume maybe there's living quarters and maybe some other things back there. You're not quite sure. And, of course, you don't remember anything. Or do you? Uh, yes, I remember it all. I'd like two lumps, please. And more hair dye. I don't want to get poisoned by the tea. That's why I asked for coffee. Yes, because it's impossible to be poisoned by coffee. Everyone True. knows this. Yes, see? Jack, could you give me a psychoanalysis roll? Didn't raiders teach you anything? You're just supposed to shoot the guy with the scimitar. Right. I needed a one. I rolled a 26. Spend the luck. <laughs> I think I don't have enough. You unsuccessfully search your memory. Have I been here before? And uh, you come up empty. The place looks alien and strange to you. There's aliens everywhere. All right. I'm going to... Uh... Pull out some charcoal and scratch lines through everything. <laughs> nope, big X's. Nope. Um, I'm just going to wait for my tea. So after probably about 60 seconds, he seems to be taking his sweet time preparing Jerk. this concoction. He brings over two cups. Very nice. China. And hands it to you. The country of China? Why don't you give me a dexterity roll? I needed a 60. I rolled a 65. He hands you the saucer and cup of hot tea. And your hands start shaking. Just clatter, 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 clatter. And he looks at you with concern. He's like, is the sickness still bothering you? Done. Yes, it is. I thought I thought going back to my old ways with the alcohol would help, but it's made it worse. Yes, that it's not good for up here, the alcohol. You must take care. I need to just stop 
Is there anything you can give me to help with this? We need to meet our deadline. First the tea, my friend. That will help a great deal. Thank you. I drink it. It's all over my face and lower back. Do you like airplane? I got a drinking problem. <laughs> I'm sure Sharon told you of the stranger who wandered in our midst. Director Skinner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a stranger. He's sipping his tea, sort of striding back and forth in front of you. I, I want you to find out who he is and what brought him here. He may be of use to us. Who can say? He stops. Suddenly, hands on his hips, fingers caressing the pommel of his scimitar. Mm. And how are you, my friend? Has the sickness dissipated at all? We need you clear-headed for the ritual, and there is much to prepare. Will you be ready in three days hence? I will be ready. This tea seems to be helping. Yes, we need a much steadier hand, my friend. We don't want any slip-ups. I agree. No more mistakes. Why don't you give me a luck roll? No. I'm just going to... A luck roll? Come on. Can I give you a major wounds roll? <laughs> I needed a 19. Yes, 19. I rolled a 7, which is a hard success. Well, I'm happy to hear that, my friend. I, I would not want anything to happen to you or to us. And for Samantha's sake, if you ever wish to see her again, the ritual must go off without a hitch. That is how you say it. Hitch, right? That's correct. And I will see her again. Tell me more about Samantha, this love of How your life. How many characters am I playing? <laughs> yes. I'd rather get to the prisoner, if you don't mind. I want to stay focused. I understand. Well, finish your tea and uh, see yourself out. <laughs> and then I close my eyes and try to find my way out. I am not seeing myself out. Don't let the tent flap hit you on the way out. I'm going to walk to the exit of the tent and look over my shoulder and I'll be back. And then joyfully skip out. And he appears to be ignoring you deep in concentration, reading this one particular book in front of the cabinet, sipping his tea. But you, you do notice one of the charcoal drawings coalesces into a shape of a large eye that winks at you as you leave. I give him the finger guns. Wink back. Roy. As you stare into the mirror at Declan's ruggedly handsome face, it feels as though the world is flipping upside down, which reminds you of that old Shelley Winters movie, The Poseidon Adventure, where a cruise ship flips upside down. Wasn't Gene Hackman in that? And oh my god, oh my god, Leslie Nielsen is the captain? Mr. Naked Gun himself? Was O.J. Simpson in that too? No, no, you're thinking of Felton Perry and the Towering Inferno. All those 70s disaster flicks start to run together, don't they? Now, which one was Michael Caine in? Something about bees, or was it? Your runaway thoughts suddenly screech to a halt as you detect movement in the mirror. Someone behind you. The slender, shadowy form steps closer, reaching toward your shoulder, as if begging for help. The face is unmistakable. It is Raid, your 13-year-old son, the one you gave up for sacrifice to the Deep Ones when asked to choose from among all your children. I turn around and face him. Crying eyes. Every now and then I fall apart. And I need you more. And then what? You turn around and you see Rocky staring at you with maybe not concern, but definitely curiosity. And there is no trace of your son. Thank God I didn't want to talk to him. You all right there, Roy? It looks as if you've seen a ghost, perhaps. Well, I thought I did, but I'm kind of going crazy over the years. So probably nothing. I mean, my sanity's at 51. 
Let's get out of here. We might want to find uh, the bridge of the ship, perhaps. Uh, at least go above deck and see if we can't figure out where exactly we are. All right. We're going to head out of the, the cabin we're in and see if we can't find stairs that go up anywhere. I will remind Rocky that in your haste to get Arroy to a mirror, you left everything down below beneath the engineer's desk and did not bother to look at the engineer's desk at all. Uh. So on the map, you will see you are currently on one level of the ship in a cabin. The larger room that is uh, revealed that says engine room casing is actually the walkway that leads down below to the main engine room. And that's where Roy was discovered. Well, I'm, I haven't had a whole lot of time to scout, but if memory serves, I believe there's a stairwell right around the corner here we can use to get up. And so I'm going to kind of flashlight first, head out into the hallway towards the stairwell. And again, you see the hallway is lit with that eerie red glow from the lights, the emergency lights behind cages. And there's water sloshing, about a quarter inch of water in this hallway. So we're going to, at this point, we're going to keep heading towards the stairs to go up. So you go to the crossroads of the hallway and ignore the hatch that leads back down to the engine room where you left some items. And instead, you're going to go up the stairs. And uh, so you reach the end of the hallway and you see a hatch directly in front of you at the end of a hallway. And then, of course, it uh, opens up behind the hallway uh, and, and the stairs sort of double back, so they continue upwards. You come into this hallway where there are two uh, hatches to either side, let's say north and south, just to keep it simple. North and south. But then the uh, hallway continues south and then to the uh, east. Uh, there's a door that leads to the south in the uh, southwest, let's say, and then that one that leads to the direct west. And so there's a bunch of hatches here. Remember a Rocky that sent that you detected when you first mm -hmm. awakened that sort of spiced octopus it's much stronger as you get into this hallway it's a bit pungent and sort of a coppery scent underneath it could use some deodorant turn to a shh you smell something ah well it appears this ship is slightly larger than i thought it was originally uh do you happen to have a, a light source on you roy or do i need to get you something yep I got a phone. Nope, that's missing. I have nothing. All right. I'm going to reach into uh, Jack's bag. I'm going to pull out a couple of glow sticks, crack them, and then kind of shake them and then hand them over to Roy. Here, now you can at least navigate somewhat. Sweet. Bye. And I'll run down the hallway. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. Of course. Um, if I take a second, can I kind of use my nose to pinpoint where the octopus smell is coming from, or is it just kind of everywhere right now? No, it actually does appear as you're sort of walking around the stairwell. It does appear to be coming from this end. So all the way to the west. The west end of that hallway where that, that hatch is. Cool. So I'm going to start heading towards that scent, see if I can't figure out just what's going on with that. You, you head down the hallway towards that hatch? How about you, Roy? So he's going, I'll go the opposite direction. I'll sort of go that south hatch where the, where I can see that the hallway is continuing. So uh, let's do Rocky first. As you approach this hatch, it is quite clearly stronger scent here. And now you're getting some muddled rot along with all the other spiced octopus and tentacles and that sort of thing. Uh, I guess I will 
peek through that north hatch first, see what's on the other side. Just kind of swing it open and maybe take a step or two in and kind of pan my flashlight around and see what I can see. So you reach out and try the hatch. It is unlocked and it creaks open. Your flashlight uh, beam is somewhat dim, but it's uh, it should hold up for a little bit longer. Uh, at a certain point, we're probably going to have to make you do some luck rolls, but we'll figure that out later. Roy, let's go ahead and reveal what you see down that hallway. So the hallway continues about another, I don't know, 30 feet, let's say. And uh, there's a door at the end of the hallway, a hatch, and one on the south wall as well. And you're standing right in front of another south hatch. I'll go to the far one, because the far one always holds the best shit. All right, so you proceed down the hallway. The hatch appears to be just cracked open like a quarter inch. Not enough for you to see inside, but it just appears to be unlatched. Kick it open. I'll holster the gun, like pull it out not holster i'll pull it out hold it in my hand and kick the door in so rocky you peek inside creakingly into what is clearly some sort of lounge and uh there are a number of booths and tables in here there is a hatch on the uh, upper west wall there are just a bunch of counters you see a coffee maker in one section in the north uh, west corner everywhere in this room are what appear to be ripped up magazines just littering almost every surface, and uh, a bunch of broken liquor bottles. Roy, you peek into what is clearly a another cabin. It looks uh, kind of nice. It's, again, there's a bunk bed, there's a desk, uh, there's a little closet with a uh, curtained area that has the toilet right there in the corner. Against the southeast corner on the wall just above the desk is some foreign language written in what appears to be blood. And it says, Me ajuda, eu estu no inferno. Do you read Portuguese by any chance? I might. Let me check. Oh, look, it suddenly showed up. How about uh, how about I hit a thinking about what would be a good role for this? Unless you're doing Portuguese, uh, you probably won't be able to translate it. Well, what if I give myself a one and I hit a Portuguese roll? Just tell him that he has to hit a one, Jeremy. Just just say just it. A one? Okay, I'll give you one. If you can hit a one. He's done it before. Oh, All right. <laughs> Without the assistance of some sort of translation dictionary, maybe? You're not quite sure what it says, but it is sort of eerie. Me ajude eu estu no inferno. Um, I have a journal. Can I, like, write that down? Sure, absolutely. All right, I'll write it down. Roy the Investigator. I will put this in a uh, handout for you. It's a cabin. Are there, like, boxes and, like, chests and crap? I assume that's a bed right there. Yep, that's the, uh, that's the bed. The X is the, uh... Is the double bunk bed. Is that right there? Is that like a chest? Like a foot chest? Uh, th- this one in the corner here with a door on it is actually a locker. Sorry, okay, locker. same thing. It's sort of like an upright locker, like a school locker. Yeah. And then in the uh, southwest uh, corner is the uh, bathroom. I'll just do like a little search for valuables. <laughs> Skyrim route and just taking anything that isn't nailed down. We're huh? basically doing a dungeon raid right now, so... I don't know, you might want to save space in your inventory. Usually the boss fight drops the best. Well, I can drop some bowls and stuff if I have to. Just eat 12 rolls of cheese and you'll be fine. I don't know, you're on a boat. This is more Monkey Island, I think. You can put anything in your in your pants. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> That's fair. And if I have to, I can start creating things out of it to make space. But preferably monkeys. Duct tape my keys to a flashlight. 
So, Rocky, uh, you're peeking into the lounge. Back out and peek into that west hatch next. Just try to get a view, overall view of my surroundings before I really dive into stuff. And this is clearly the galley. It says it right there. There's a giant, it just says galley on the floor. Well, that's convenient. The stench of rotting meat assails your nostrils as soon as you open the door. Covering your mouth and nose with your hand, you squint into the dimness. This room is the ship's galley, where meals are prepared. Only, this is the most disgusting kitchen you've ever seen. Bits of rancid flesh and broken bones litter the workspaces, while dried blood and ichor stain the sticky floors. How long have we been out? Jeez. Gonna take a step back and close the door just so it doesn't stink everything up. And then I'm going to head back into the lounge and see if there are any scraps of magazine that are big enough to kind of discern what this was before it was ripped to shreds. A quick glance, you easily see that uh, most of the magazines are pornographic. So this was Hugh Hefner's room. It's almost as if this was, judging by all the broken liquor bottles and, and pornographic magazines, it was almost like a last hurrah of sorts. Pleasure cruise, if you will. Oh, I will. Yeah, Roy, you don't really find anything of interest. I guess the uh, the far one doesn't have the good stuff. You said you gotta wait for the boss fight. Oh, that's fair. What kind of dungeon is this? <laughs> Don't forget to check for traps. Or secret doors. Yeah, secret doors as well. Roll an insight check. Wait. Dig under the stairs. Is there anything that could be uncovered by a spot hidden? I'll go ahead and roll. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I needed a 70, I got a 77. That's a failure. So yeah, it just appears like this is, uh, it's actually in pretty good condition, so it doesn't even appear that Anybody's been in here a while, so there's not even a whole lot of personal items or anything of interest. Just porn magazines. I'll, then I'll head back out in the hallway and go back to the the hatch that's closest to where I am now. And uh, Rocky, what'd you like to do? I'm going to back out and I guess head up to the next floor. Now that I figured out what that stench was, I'm still very much interested in figuring out where the fuck I am. Roy, you hear uh, Rocky sort of come out of a room that he was exploring. You hear his footfalls on the metal staircase rungs as you peek into the Twilight Zone. <laughs> into uh, uh, yet another cabin. There is a pyramid in the middle of the floor, four feet high, made of beer cans. Snap a picture of that for Instagram. I'll sort of inspect that. Kick it down. Kick That's it down. That's my plan. That's my plan. <laughs> nice. I was trying to trick the listeners into thinking I wasn't going to kick it down, and now you ruined it, Matt. <laughs> so I'll sort of inspect that, and then I'll... Uh... So, yeah, you enter in cautiously, approaching the Pyramid of Beer Cans. As Rocky goes up the stairs... He gets shot. To the next level and gets shot. Piece of shit. Shot, no. shot, <laughs> shot. Shot, 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 shot. And uh, you find yourself on the upper deck, Rocky. Upper decker. It's the upper decker. So you're, you're in this structure that you know is good. You can hear the wind and the rain outside, just outside those hatch doors to the north and south. You can feel a bit more pitch and roll of the ship. I think he's in a whale. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. He's Pinocchio. So, Roy, uh, you're approaching this four-foot pyramid of beer cans. What kind of beer? It is Shemp's brand lager. I'll jump on it and smash all the cans. All right, so you jump on it, and you immediately just bounce off it and roll to the ground. It appears to be a solid structure. Magic. So you're, you're a bit bruised up, but you don't take any hit points. Maybe it's because you're in this weird body that you, you know, didn't quite hit it with the excellent 
wrestling moves that Roy is known for. That's definitely the case. That's got to be a deck. Declan's not quite the uh, WrestleMania. I'll try and pick up the top can just with my hand. It's like almost as if it's welded in place. It's immovable. So now we just need unstoppable force to get this immovable object. I'll go out into the hallway and come back in and try and do a baseball slide into it. So you pick yourself up, turn around thinking, I'm going to slide into this thing. Start to take one step out into the hallway, and you hear a clatter of cans behind you. Yeah, that's right. I did that. (laughs) And a Shemp's brand lager empty can rolls to the base of your feet. Let's go back to Jack. No, I want to hear more about the beer. (laughs) (laughs) So I was exiting the tent, winking, finger guns. And now you're standing outside. I'm going to go straight over to the black tent where the two guards are posted. And as you stride towards them, they're sort of eyeballing you suspiciously. But when you get within 15 feet, they give you a a nod of their head Uh and step aside and part the flaps for you. Ooh, that's nice. I enter those flaps. Inside the black tent, the air is stifling. A single pole stands at the center, against which has been placed a chair with its back to the entrance. Sitting on the chair is a person in a dirty, cheap, tan suit with a black hood over his head. The man's hands have been cuffed behind him, securing him to the pole. Otherwise, the tent appears to be a catch-all for storage, with boxes, crates, and steamer trunks stacked everywhere. As you enter the tent, the flaps close behind you. (gasps) Flap, 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 flap. Behind you, behind you, behind you. Walk around the prisoner, looking them up and down to see if there's anything that looks familiar to me. And Carl, you uh, hear someone pacing around. Hard to see through the hood, but uh, you hear someone pacing around. Is this how you treat all tourists to your island? Come on. What are you doing to me here? I don't say anything. I keep walking around and hoping that something sparks a memory. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden, Jack. Dan. Sam. <laughs> Just throw them all in there. Uh, I needed a 77. I rolled a 35. Again, that's hard. You're sort of looking around, hoping to spark some sort of memory at all these crates and boxes and things like just asking yourself, have I been here before? And you notice that one of the steamer trunks is slightly ajar. It's not a trunk. It's not a jar. It's a trunk. Keeping quiet, not saying a word, I'm going to mosey on over there and open it up. Inside you see a pack, like a duffel bag pack. Going to kneel to one knee. Take a knee. I'm going to unzip the bag. Just halfway and peel it open. And Carl, you hear a very sensuous zip. (laughs) (laughs) You ready for your interrogation? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't come to the landing for that. Can can you at least give a guy some water? You've been here for hours. At least say something. You hear another zipper. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your water. And Jack, inside the duffel bag, you see, the first thing you see is this crumpled pork pie hat that sort of matches the uh, suit that the other guy's wearing. And you see a, a, a collapsible asp, a blackjack, and a what appears to be some sort of recorder, like a dictaphone kind of thing. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Got a camera and another suit that matches what the gentleman is wearing. So I put the suit on with a pork pie hat. <laughs> And I say, quick switch. You're Dan now. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to walk over. I switch to Portuguese and say the same thing. Okay, you hear this foreign language coming out of uh, the prisoner's mouth? No habla espanol, senor. I don't know. Portuguese speaks some 
form of Spanish, I believe. That's so racist. It is? <laughs> That's so racist. Oh. But somebody from Portugal would be able to recognize that. Um, I'm going to walk up behind the prisoner and Zip. stay behind the prisoner. <laughs> That's not a finger. <laughs> Pull the hood off. Carl, you can now see. Uh, look around, like squinting my eyes, like, you know, uh, suddenly have a little bit of light, I'm assuming, in here. Yeah, there is a little bit coming in. Yeah. Come on. I, I just walked up the path. What, what are you guys doing? You know, just put the hood back on. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Why are you here? Just here to take some pictures. Just here pictures to, as of a tourist. Nothing important. Nothing important. You, there, no need for this. You know, if I went someplace I wasn't supposed to, willing to go back. I didn't see anything. So you won't tell anyone if we let you go. You promise? You have my <laughs> solemn word. Well, all right then. I undo the handcuffs and send him on his way. <laughs> do, 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 do. do you know what's happening here? I don't know anything about anything going on up here. Where, where are you from? Uh, the U.S. Whereabouts? Pretty much all over, but coming from Chicago, definitely don't have any uh, uh, issues with you guys here. But you don't sound like a local either. How do you know that? Uh, you're not speaking Portuguese, and um, there's no accent. He has a slight Boston accent, actually. And you sound like you're uh, you're one of those Bostonians. Can you get my car? No, but there's plenty of water around here. What are you talking about? And with your good ear, uh, uh, Carl... You probably peg him for probably like Rhode Island or something. Just hearing a little bit of that Rhode Island in there, but what are you doing here? I mean, if you don't mind uh, untying me. Please don't peg me. Well, he's tied up. It'd be kind of difficult. Well, I have a key. Heard something about <laughs> you and ball gags, too. I'm just oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> True. But no, c come on. Just, uh, you know, man, I didn't mean to come up here. I know I'm not supposed to be up here, but uh, you, you just let me go if you don't mind. You stumbled onto something that you cannot get out of. I have no idea how to get out of it either. Maybe we're in the same position then? Well, you're sitting and I'm standing. So hold on. I grab a chair. <laughs> there. <laughs> now we're in the same position. You didn't put your hands behind your back, though. Oh, I did. You just can't oh. see me. I'm behind you. I, I hooked myself to him and handcuffed him. <laughs> There. All right, now let's talk. Now we have midnight run. This is great. Seriously, though, I think I think we're in a, a peculiar situation. Are you, uh, I look at him kind of suspiciously, I, you know anything about uh, some fish cult in the area? I think that's what we're in the middle of. They think I'm somebody I'm not. Maybe we should both get out of here then. You know what? That was my first thought. I don't think we're going to get far. Hmm. Do you have anything or know of anything that can help us get through this, get out of this, get over this, get under it? Or you could get into it. I had directions to where I was headed to. I don't know if that's where I ended up. Are we uh, up by some lakes on top of the mountain? We're right in the middle. What is the significance of these lakes? That's kind of why I'm here checking it out. I don't know. But at least I know how to get back to town. There's a town? Uh, you don't know where you're at? Honestly, I do not. Uh, we are way off the beaten path, my friend. But yes, there, there's a, a town not far from here. And how did you get here? Do you have a boat that we could leave with? I might have hitched a ride on a cruise ship, but uh, there is a lot of touristy traffic around here. Okay, so we're not that far from civilization. No. I, I think I walked about halfway up the mountain before, um, well, lights went out and I found myself here. They're speaking of the world ending in three days. And I'm in charge of that somehow. Can I just give a suggestion? Don't. He has a point, and it is a very compelling argument. Here, here's my concern. 
if I don't, somebody else will. So how did you end up here if you don't know where you're at or what's going on? You know what? I, I don't know you well enough to, to divulge that, but you have to trust that I'm not with them. It would go a long way if you uh, untied my hands. I don't think I can do that at this time. Incapable or don't want to? I do not want to. It would divert attention immediately, and then we'd both be dead. To help you out, maybe, and maybe put us a little bit on the same ground, do I see that crate with my stuff in it in front of me, or was it kind of behind me? No, it was uh, in front of you, and you see it, it is open, and uh, you can see sort of like just the tip of your hat poking out. I actually uh, just kind of nod towards the pile of stuff. It's like, if, if you look on my camera, uh, I did take some pictures on the way up here, and from the town, if you take a look at that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put a uh, olive branch out here. Uh, I don't exactly want to stay here either, especially if the world's about to end in a couple of days. I'm going to go back over to the bag and fish through and try to find the... Before I do that, I'm actually going to apologize. Sorry about this. And put the hood back on. Just in case someone looks in. I don't want them to be like... I'm just trying to cover the bases. So, yeah, you uh, the hood goes back on. I don't know if someone would look in and go... <laughs> yeah, but you don't know they're fish people, bruh. Hey, you are supposed to be interrogating me, I think. Right, right. So just make some oof noises. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so once I put the hood back on, I'm going to uh, hit the, the post above his head as hard as I can. Ooh, okay. Nice little knock. You feel it reverberate behind you. Oh. Just stab him. Try to act like somebody hit me. Oh. Ouchie. Oof, ouch, owie. So now I'm going to go over to the bag and pull out the camera. And it's a pretty decent digital camera. So I'm going to cycle through the photos quickly until I see something that looks familiar to the island. I probably would have just taken some, like, touristy type pictures that I would take on the way up. All right. Why don't you go give me a spot hidden there? Ooh, a seagull. Jonathan Livingston. I needed a 77. I rolled a 26. Again, that's very hard. You do see a, a series of pictures that clearly illustrate a passage via cruise ship across a great distance and then there's this these photos of this old lady you might not want to go all the way back <laughs> just the first couple pictures were local Draw me like one of your french girls <laughs> she so she's this you know really well dressed and uh, bejeweled woman who appears to be in her mid 70s <laughs> it's a different composition so it's almost like someone took the pictures other than this prisoner uh it looks a little bit different like almost like just someone grabbed it real quick and took some snapshots. Bad selfies. Duck face everywhere. You do see this series of photos within this clearly a tourist town on an island someplace. And then uh, a series of photos from a uh, what appears to be a truck from inside of a truck. A couple snapshots of some Portuguese road signs. Clearly the angle is going up. So the truck was traveling uphill. And then you sort of come back around to the beginning of the uh, photographs and you see this news desk and you catch with your great spot hidden roll a nameplate that says Carl Kolchak Jr. Where's your dad? I'm not sure if I know you well enough to discuss that. So I'm going to pull the hood back up and off. So, Carl, it looks like uh, most of what you said checks out. How'd you know my name's Carl? You're a reporter. I may have written a few stories. Well, I don't think you get this published in three days. Well, then all we have to have is you not destroy the world, and uh, we could. But I'm the destroyer of worlds. I have to do it. It's in my genes. Oh, I could take those off. Or you can hitch your head on this post until you're no longer concerned. Oh, I didn't think of that. Put the hood back on. 
and just find his lips and go <laughs> under the hood. And Jack, that's when you hear from outside the tent from what sounds like a bit further away. Hello, Mr. Williams. Don, my boy, come. Squab soup. Rocky, you find yourself on the upper deck. This is towards the back of the ship. I'm going to take a moment to brace myself, and then I'm going to slowly push open that north hatch and see if I can't kind of hide behind it for cover from the rain. You're clearly at the uh, looking out onto the aft or uh, rear of the boat. You see a gigantic winch, along with some barrels and that sort of thing. You can look above and see the observation uh, section in the middle of the ship a bit further away. You have to use a series of ladders and uh, stairwells to get there, but you do see... Standing just a little bit away to the north of the winch, what appears to be a man, drenched, rained upon, but looking sort of forlornly behind the boat at the water and swells as the engine trudges through the darkness and rain. And a stroke of lightning Electric heat lightning, sheet lightning up in the clouds illuminates momentarily. And you can see the man has no left arm. Roy, the beer can rolls against your feet, almost mocking you. You're worthless. You think you're better than me? (laughs) Pick the can up and crush it against your forehead. That'll show it who's boss. I'll go in there and see uh, if there's anything like in the beer can rubbles. And as I'm passing, I'll take a look at one of the cans and be like, Curly's better anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So the cans are now completely disassembled and rolling around on the floor. It doesn't appear to have revealed anything. They're just sort of rolling all independently. As I'm walking out the door, I'll smash one with my boots. And it easily collapses. Ha. Underneath your military-grade boots. I guess I'll move on to the next room because... That was just annoying if there's nothing to find. As you turn to leave the room, the beer can that you crushed actually stuck to your boots. He starts tap dancing. I'll just leave it. Tink, clunk, tink, clunk, tink. Now the whole ship knows you're here. (laughs) Good. And almost in an answer, you hear a hatch creak open from further down the hallway. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. I'm screwed. I'm on a boat. The guy who's about to attack me is definitely a dead kid. Oh, like Raid, you mean? He just wants a hug. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Hugs, hugs, hugs. Soon we'll all eat hugs. Hugs, not drugs, kids. I disagree. Now it's time for some hashtag recommendos. Please roll D100. Now that we have to do this like more than once a game i rolled an 11 63 oh we got a a roll off between gabe and uh, zach so roll that again please looks like a 77 so zach you're gonna start us off followed by gabe followed by me followed by brian and matt's gonna go last so zach start us off buddy well listening to your guys last episode i know everybody was talking well uh you guys were talking about the the boys which i do highly recommend as an awesome series but I will say that it's nothing compared to Rising Stars, 
written by J. Michael Straczynski, creator of Babylon 5, one of the best, way better than the boys type of story. Uh, very similar, regular people with powers, corrupt individuals, people with flaws, none of this DC superhero stuff. It incredibly is all about the death of one superhero, and then realizing as one dies, they all get stronger, and the corruption of the government. It's well thought out. It's an awesome volume. It tells one holistic story. And again, but from the creator of Babylon 5, so you know it's well written. He's an awesome guy. So strongly, it was written back in uh, 1999 is when it first came out. So if you like the boys, check out uh, Rising Stars. Gabe, I think you're next, buddy. I'm going to hit you with a card game today. It's called We Didn't Play Test This at All. It's a party game, fast-paced. Basically, the goal of the game is to win, and if you lose, you don't win. So there are like cards. Sometimes you'll draw a card and be like, oh, you drew this card, you lose. Then there are cards where everybody play rock, paper, scissors. If you throw scissors, you lose. Basically, you're playing cards to try and get everyone around you to lose. There's so many different forms of doing that, like put your finger up to your nose. Anybody who copies you loses, things like that. It's a great party game. It's fast-paced. You can get through a whole game in about five minutes. But also, if you get someone who is like lucky enough it could go for up to 20 minutes you get a party it's fun and uh there's also a lot of room where a lot of the times you can you can create your own cards and therefore that will add to the mischief because you could be doing things like i have a card that says like a say bruh anybody else that says bruh loses uh so that's we didn't play test this at all all right well my recommendo for today is music and specifically a band called Street Cleaner. They are a synth artist band with songs like The Fog or Enemy Territory or Neon Horizon and albums named Payback or Annihilation or Hardware. These could be soundtracks to Escape from New York or Drive or some obscure 80s sci-fi splatterfest. Uh, what I like most about this kind of music is it is great to have on in the background uh, with your headphones on while you try to write, oh, let's say, a podcast. The lack of lyrics for most of these instrumental synth songs helps uh, me focus on my words while maintaining a certain mood, whether that's horror, science fiction, or just, in this case, existential dread. It is available on Google Play Music, where I have created a synth playlist that I'm happy to share out with anyone who wants to listen. So drop me a note and I'll, I can share that out on Google Play Music. I just need stuff that has no lyrics so I can focus. And in this case, it is Street Cleaner is my latest find. All right, Brian. Uh, mine is actually AMC Stubbs. It's a uh, movie subscription that you can get. It's specific to AMC theaters, but it can go around the entire country of the United States. It's $20 for a month service. And you can see up to three movies a week, every week, for that month. And it includes everything that they offer. IMAX, 3D. I've saved over $45 in the movies I've seen over the last month. I wanted to test it out for the full month service before I gave a recommendo for it. Other than the theater itself, maybe needing uh, updated seating and stuff like that. The uh, movies and everything, the customer service, everything was on spot with the theater itself, and the, the program is, is really good. So I, I suggest uh, trying it out for a month. There's no contract. You can do month to month, or you can just buy one month and call it good. Um, that's AMC Stubbs. Check it out. And finally, Matthew, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. 
Hey. Uh, more indie goodness this week, but this time around, it's something that it's something that doesn't show up too often anymore because the game I'm recommending is an absolutely beautifully hand-animated, side-scrolling, point-and-click adventure game. Uh, it's called Gibbous, a Cthulhu adventure, and uh, it takes place across three separate protagonists. Basically, you start out as a Detective Don archetype, and... You get hired by a, a cult out of the, the city of Darkham to find the Necronomicon for them. Uh, however, before he can complete that, in the uh, he, he goes to the Darkham library and meets your second protagonist, a guy named Buzz. And before he can really find that book, he gets kidnapped, which leaves uh, Buzz all alone. He ends up finding the Necronomicon, taking it back to his apartment, where he makes the standard Necronomicon mistake of reading it out loud. And he makes a wish, and all of a sudden, his his cat, who he calls Kitty, is now able to talk to him. And of course, this greatly upsets the cat because being humanized is is a much much of a downgrade from being a cat. So the adventure revolves around you trying to to find someone who can help get your kitty back to normal, and as Don trying to stop these cults from ending the world. And it's a really well done point and click. You don't see a lot of them nowadays, and it gets double bonus points that the whole thing is like hand animated and sort of like a Disney style. So it's an absolutely gorgeous game to look at. Uh, the humor is on point, has some really some really interesting puzzles here and there, and it's it's really worth a look. Gibbous, a Cthulhu adventure. It's on Steam right now, and it's only twenty bucks. Unfortunately, that's it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. Uh, and if anybody wants to give me a quick primer on ships, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter at the real weird kid. And if anybody wants to make fun of my lack of social media usage, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And you can find me at Brian Podcast and, of course, on Discord. And you can only find me here because I'm even worse at social media than Gabe. Until next time, roll four, five. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2019. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Check, check. Check, check, chickity, check, check. Check, please. Waiter. Over, under. Captain over. If it was a slightly bigger room, you could see more bookcases, but yeah. What's that dark thing in the upper corner? Oh, yeah, it's scuttling. What is that? Yeah, it does it. Oh, God, it's moving. It's a lamp. <laughs> Actually, oh. <laughs> well, actually, I got Spears back there, too, so. Oh, nice. Brittany? Leave Brittany alone. It's Brittany, bitch. Baby, baby. Wow, it's going to get hot in here. Or is it just Brian? I don't know. I was going to say, do you guys just sit around, like, without your pants on to keep cool? Mm-hmm. I never hear air conditioning, never hear fans. You guys have to be, like, very hot there. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, Zach, you want to see? <laughs> All right, we are live video now. Oh. So what's your address, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you really want to know it. We didn't clap, Jeremy. <gasps> oh, we didn't clap? Okay, let's clap now, just for funsies. Okay. On three. Just for the clap. On three. We, I can reverse clap. <laughs>
Let's do this again. Uh, so how is everyone this morning? Good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm dandy. I was up at 730 and uh, just had to take care of, uh, you know, some body issues. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> had a little bit too much jalapeno jelly yesterday. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no one wants to hear that, man. I, I, well, you know, it's, it's we're all human. Did you get your English muffins ready this morning? Is that what you're telling us? Uh, no, but I did take some uh, homemade zucchini bread and slice it up and put it under the mm. broiler, then melt some butter on it and put a little bit of blackberry preserves on it. <sighs> so, in other words, okay? you're going to have to dismiss yourself halfway through? <laughs> <laughs> Colon blow. <laughs> hey, Zach. Hey, how's it going? Good. Have you heard the latest? I have heard lots of latest, but what do you have for me? There is this new men's underarm deodorant on the market. Oh, I'm always looking for some. Why, do you think? Uh, no, but close proximity <laughs> to others. Well, take a whiff of this. Mm, does that, what's that smell like? That actually kind of sexy. Well, then you're in luck because this is sexy Lovecraft underarm stuff. Does it have any side effects? Oh, plenty, yes. There's uh, the deterioration of muscle and bone underneath, appendage rotting off. But other than that, really, th- after that, you don't really need to even think about using underarm deodorant anymore. Do they have any, like, waterproof that might also give you gills at the same time? Uh, no, that's the other side. You're thinking of our competition. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they outpace us uh, two to one in the market. We're just trying to get in. We figured if we rotted off their gills, that that would probably just, you know, widen the market for us a bit. And uh, also, we sell surgical tape that will cauterize those wounds. So it's sort of a win-win. It's all about branding. Exactly. <laughs> so get yours today. That would be Lovecraft Underarm Stuff, now in Persimmon. And do they have a delicate kind for our, our ladies out there? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Brian, there's a bunch of babies. Yeah. <laughs> Are they on the ceiling? Is that how Portuguese people sound? <laughs> I guess. I guess. Our I podcast know. is horrible. <laughs> We're so Come sorry. Here. Give me a break. By the way, I do want to just I do want to mention, uh, you mentioned people inevitably read the Necronomicon out loud, which I have no idea why. Have you ever seen uh, Todd in the book of Pure Evil? Yeah, I love that show. I love that show, too. But I love when Jason Mewes walks in as the janitor of the high school, walks in, sees this kid reading the the book already. And he just, did you already read it? And the kid shakes his head yes. And he goes, I'll go get my blood mop. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's inevitably, anybody that reads it, it, just kids die left and right. It's a hilarious show if you've never seen it.